0: Now, Matt Ray, you had to take a break to go wake up teenagers. My son, <laughs> yes. my 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 son. I get up at six a.m. every morning, and we start the school routine at seven a.m. to, to make a uh, you know eight thirty to eight forty five a.m. arrival time at the school. Now, first comment I have there, you know, here in the Netherlands, you got the uh, you got the, the 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 second third. I don't know which wave, but you know things. Now you got to wear a face mask around here in public. Yep. things like that. Which, which is fine. Luckily, I, I trim my beard so I'm not just like breathing through a uh, face full of hair. Uh, but, you know, you got restrictions. Now, the way they have the school set up, I don't know if I've gone over this, but then, then I'll get back to waking up teenagers, is the parents can't go into the school to drop the kids off like you used to do uh, because that's not safe. So instead, all the parents gather very close to each other in the parking lot. And I feel like, I feel like this is if there was ever a metaphor for like DevOps systems thinking, it's this kind of thing <laughs> Where like, well, you, yeah, like you're, we're like you're, we're we're basically you're moving just, your
1: bottlenecks, yeah,
0: yeah, we're just kind of the problem is not being solved, the problem is just kind of kind of being pushed around and, oh, it's, you know
1: it's being pushed right instead of left that That's oh <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, I don't know, coach yeah.
2: maybe over here in the u s maybe we we've done it dare I say it, a slightly better, at least the system I'm in is, uh, again, no parents are allowed in, but everyone has to do car drop off so basically car line drop off So everyone is, the cars line up, there is, it's if you will, going to the DevOps, remember, we have a nice little pipeline, you you stop, yeah, yeah, the yeah, child's yeah. temperature is taken with a, one of those thermometers, you know, the, oh, wow. the laser ones, wow, that's um, cool. they nice. have to be I do not know that any child uh, you're supposed to take the temperature before you leave so you, you won't be surprised but um, who who has the time right so so but then as you pull away you just look back right it's like it's like you're deployed to production and you just kind of look back at the side make sure they don't wave wave you back and then and then in your child goes <laughs> and then a uh now there is bottlenecks at the end of the day because uh many parents yeah. get there early in the line so it's that part at the end of the day there's not a lot of uh if we should say a parallel processing going on the pickups, it's just yeah, one yeah, kid yeah. at a time, which can be very frustrating.
1: So, 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 that, so, so the, the pipelining that our school did is is they broke up a dismissal by a year. So, you know, kindergarten through second gets out. And then like 30 minutes later, you know, the, the older kids get out.
0: Yeah. 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 We, we've got all sorts of variants like that. I mean the other, the other uh, variant you have is of course, it's a, it's public transit and biking city. So there are yep. a lot of cars, but there's also, you know, people like me and many others who take a bike or a, a bus or whatever. But anyhow, it is just sort of like a comical sort of situation. And then, and then, a you lot know, of it,
1: DevOps metaphors,
0: yeah. And also, also it rains all the time here, you know, in the fall. And so the school is very unclear about the rain policy. Like they'll make teachers like, you know, the kids like stand behind a teacher in line, you know, in the morning and they'll make the kids, like wait outside when it's raining, but then the kids are just going to go into the school anyways. Like there's just a lot of like fuzzy <sighs> rationality. Have you
2: had a uh, blameless post-mortem yet? Like that sounds like that's what the situation needs.
0: I would you're, you're, I would love to have a blameless post-mortem. That would be great. Let's let's solve the problem and not shame the people. It's, it's, yeah, I was about to say, if, if there's anything schools are known for, it's blameless. Yeah. <laughs> But so so going back up, what I wanted to ask you, Matt, Ray. So I wake up at six. Sometimes I wake up at five thirty just because of whatever. And uh, but my son, he started getting me to wake him up at six because, you know, he wants to play on his iPad and watch TV. And on the one hand, you know, as a child of TV will rot your brain, I am a firm believer that iPad will rot your brain. Right. Like it's just, you know, look what the effect it had on me. Uh, all this screen time, but I also I am sort of thinking: Am I helping establish the habit with him of waking up early? Like this does seem like a strange. I would never have wanted to wake up that early. So is there is there a switchover that's going to happen, Matt Ray, when he's ten now? When he gets to when is he gonna is he gonna not want to be woken up at six in the morning?
1: Uh, probably. I, I seem to recall my my oldest two getting up earlier. Uh, right now, my my youngest is uh, also ten. Uh, waking up, um, yeah, he was up this morning before me. I got up about six thirty, and uh, hopefully, he, there's a switch over because um, uh, every night he's just like you know passing out. He's so exhausted because you know he's waking up with that.
0: Oh man, plane. if I if I could get my kids to just pass out at night, that would be awesome.
1: No, no, no but he's he's like past the point of of you know, oh, I'm so happy to go to bed now. He's like, you know, furious and angry. And, you know, uh, yeah. that's not good. Nobody wants I guess wants you, don't, that. you don't want to be
0: cranky. You know, I was watching the Back to the Futures and I love the way that Marty guy falls asleep. You remember that where he's basically like, he's on his stomach and he's got his arm behind his back like he's being arrested. And he's just like <laughs> straight up like drooling out of his mouth. That just seems, that seems perfect. I should yes. find a picture of that.
2: Today's show is sponsored by Strong DM. Working from home, managing a gazillion SSH keys, database passwords, and Kubernetes certs, meet StrongDM. Manage and audit access to servers, databases, and Kubernetes clusters, no matter where your employees are. With StrongDM, easily extend your identity provider to manage infrastructure access, automate onboarding, offboarding, and moving people within roles with the click of a button. Trusted by companies like Hearst, Peloton, and SoFi to manage access, you'll have more control and less hassle. StrongDM. Manage and audit remote access to infrastructure. Start your free 14-day trial at strongdm.com/sdt. Again, that's strongdmcom stt. No credit card required. And of course, we thank StrongDM for sponsoring our show.
0: Well, I think there was a lot of uh, news we've collected uh that basically fits right in our wheelhouse except for one item that uh, we could talk about a little bit uh but essentially is the uh the uh what would you call it the community the ecosystem around the infrastructure layer of this cloud world we live in we got uh the cloud foundry summit uh occurred and there was there was a good a good article over in uh in tech crunch with a quote from chip childers going over hey we're running Kubernetes under this puppy now. We've we got projects going on. Kubernetes is in here running, uh, doing this thing, which I think is, uh, I think that's been that way for uh, quite some time, but it's a sort of a definitive uh, sort of thing. And he had a good quote in there that was basically, what was it? Like, we're, uh, we're moving beyond consensus making and we've just made this decision. That's not the exact, I should look that up, but it is, uh, it is uh, there you go. Kubernetes, is basically the standard. Uh, Which
1: makes sense, right? You don't want yeah. to maintain a bunch of parallel plumbing that doesn't do anything.
0: Yeah, I'll, as he says, no more delay, no more diversity of thought here. It's time <laughs> to move. that. That's All uh, right. I love, I love <laughs> this idea. No more diversity of thought here. That's because really, who's got the fucking time for that? <laughs> I, I think that's
1: you know. Uh, see, the, the problem is he. I, I mean, not a not a problem actually. He built himself up to the, the point where, you know, he has the, the gravitas and authority to say this. You can't just assign a new benevolent dictator for life who shows up like, look, no. I know you guys have been doing some crazy stuff, but uh, here's what we're going to do now. That, that'll that rub people the wrong way. That's, Kote, that's why they're not putting you in charge of Cloud Foundry.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. That would be terrible. If I If I was in charge of Cloud Foundry, I would be like... So uh, I guess in a year or two you're going to be talking about how developers need help doing stuff, just like ah oh, that shit fucking again. Right? I do think, <laughs> let's
2: I want to get the uh, the full I want get the full quote here on record. It's uh, no more delay, no more of no more diversity of thought here. It's time to make the move, Childress yeah. said, parentheses with a chuckle. So I have no idea how to read that. Like was he kidding? Was he? Was that like a, a sarcastic yet?
0: Oh, yeah. Accurate uh, kind uh, of thing. Uh, of course, it's, it's, uh, of course, it's said in a jocular it manner. It says with a chuckle.
2: With, with a chuckle. chuckle. So, okay. So, nothing yeah, more I mean, to read into it.
0: But I, I think, I think, I think the more important thing is like, you know, I, I was there and I still am. There were many years where there was this question of like, oh, this Kubernetes thing, what's the deal? And like, we got our, we got our own, uh, stuff running underneath Cloud Foundry and, uh, you know, every, people like it and they run it and everything. And there's, there's, uh, there's, there was always a lot of, uh, weirdness around that but it seems like it's pretty much sorted out now that the uh the community likes likes the uh the kubernetes under there well well it's a quote again, to quote
2: him again quote a beautiful harmony of agreement that's how he ends it so there you go so everything was be... is it
0: are there any chuckles there no chuckles i think
2: that was just like <laughs> legit i think <laughs> you, he, you can't you can't i don't know I, I can't i don't know how to read under that so uh but i did think Cote, what's the take on uh Your take on the whole, so the developer experience, that seems to be the whole thing. The Cloud Foundry, developers love the experience. They're gonna switch out, re-platform it to Kubernetes, I think with the intent to then keep all the great developer experience part of Cloud Foundry. So like, how does this, does this relate directly to your your day job or is this sort of like its own thing?
0: Oh, for sure. Developer experience, that's the phrase they use now. Now there's a lot going on there, Brandon. Because you got you got two things. and also this links to one of the other items we have uh, to to sort of mention or aside to. Now, now, there's a lot of people, some people, some say that they want Kubernetes to be boring. now what what is that that I feel like that is like saying, I mean, obviously, it's not boring, right? like it, and and I think I think that's just a uh, there's a parenthesis of a chuckles after it. and, what that means is like, maybe it's something that we shouldn't have to, a developer shouldn't have to spend so much time, uh, enjoying and getting excitement from, right? Like, you know, it's, it's, uh, it is an interesting technology. I mean, you two like talking about chips, which I think is beyond boring. So like, <laughs> so, so, you know, in theory chips should be boring to developers, but developers love chips, right? Like they should be so far from the layer of chips that it's nothing that they should really worry about. Um, but it's
1: because we don't need to talk about IDEs anymore.
0: Oh, yeah. sure.
1: That's a solved That's problem.
0: You know, you know, when a new version of Eclipse would come out, I would just sit there and read through the release notes all morning. It was oh, so much good fun. Times. Yeah, yes. it was anyway. So, so I think it's that same thing of like, it's not, it's not that we want it to be boring in, in a way that uh, we never considered it anymore. We want it to be like chips. Like it's just sort of there and and we know about it and, and we learn it. And so, Instead, uh, you know, to use my old tired metaphor, you want to be more concerned about what you do after the blinking cursor of getting your infrastructure up and running, whatever that may be, right? And so that's what, I mean, that's generally been what Cloud Foundry and other things is all about, is like, let's just make it so developers don't have to worry about setting up that infrastructure. Now, what does that mean? Don't have to worry about setting up that infrastructure. That brings us to the other thing, uh, I have not been following our backlog too closely this week, so I was reading Brandon's always excellent curation of the selections from it, and there's one in there called "It's Time to Forget About Docker," and uh, that seemed interesting. And I read through it, and that is the opposite of of boring, right? Like yeah. if you were to if you were to read through that and go through all the options and the tools that you might want to use, uh, that I think you know that process from a developer standpoint is, is, uh, exciting to, to use the, uh, the boring thing. Uh, is it though?
1: I mean, I, I got excited about this article, you know, I mean, first of all,
0: great. Uh, well, I, I know. Cause I just said, it's exciting. So <laughs> no, no,
1: no. I mean, the, the title, the title is link bait. Right. But then, you know, he just gets into like, Hey, when it comes to plumbing, there are three different kinds of fixtures that you could use here. Have you thought about a lead solder, right? I mean, it's it's kind of like that level yeah, of
0: stuff. That's what I'm um, saying. It's well, like
1: getting how excited do you find about that. Chips? Exciting. How do you oh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's and and no, but I I think I think that is the uh, that's, you know, that gets back to the developer experience thing of like of like, well, yes, there are three types of solder. There's like all these things, like not only could you have a runtime that like runs your containers, you could also have a runtime that runs pods, but does it run pods outside of the context of Kubernetes or in its own thing over here? And then if you wanna do things, I mean, I got uh, nothing wrong with excitedness, like, like this, but <laughs> it's 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 more like in the sense of like, so if we have this this boring layer underneath here, you don't need to go through and and uh, think about these things and make this decision, right? Like instead right. you can spit, you can have your exciting time debating. Like I don't even fucking know any more reactive <laughs> frameworks or something. Yeah. Right. That's, like that, that's what developers should be. Well, well maybe, to, to, maybe just to
2: give the audience a little clue here. Uh, so what this article does is it basically goes through and kind of outlines uh, the alternatives that are available for probably everything, almost everything that docker does so that's can he gives options for container engines building images and then um the container runtime itself and then finally image inspection and distribution so i i actually i would go on the exciting i actually did not know all these different tools it, i have not it's
1: exciting i know matt ray right, i just right, assume right, right.
2: no no matt ray i just was gonna say like i my guess is like you've used them all in in depth so i was more oh, like no, oh i no. didn't know like I actually did it. I thought this was great cuz I didn't know all of these. And then he actually the effects when he went through some of the feature benefits like oh you don't need root or you don't need I was like, oh this makes sense. And then now a lot of them I don't know of all of them. A lot of them were Red Hat inspired, so um so maybe that there is well, a little bit yeah, well, of okay. their own tool chain there. Yeah, so maybe there's a little bit of um Bias in it, but I was I, I was like, oh, I didn't know about all these things, so it it was yeah, it was yeah, interesting.
0: and 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 I'm I'm not saying it's it's bad or anything negative. It literally is exciting. It's fun to read through it and see all these options, but but the 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 idea of having having something underneath back to your question, right? The idea of developer experience is that the experience is better for the developers in the sense that they focus on, you know, it should be rephrased. It's application developer experience is what people yeah. are really interested in, right? Like if you're interested in like platform or infrastructure developer experience, then you don't want Kubernetes or anything to be boring, right? That's yeah, like that's, I, that's where you want the me. excitement.
1: I, I and, get excited about the
0: infrastructure. And here. you you might even get excited <laughs> about chips. Like that I might do. happen. <laughs> but But, Kote so because I can run Kubernetes there
2: absolutely (laughs) but Kote so when people say developer experience though I I think most of the time in the meetings the PowerPoint meetings it's usually about oh a better UI like very like a lot of wizards a lot of wizards get shown during developer experience and like when they're going Mm, through the roadmaps. and I would argue that that is actually not the developer experience which is in itself kind of a funny thing right it's like everyone believes, oh, it's really easy to do this, you know, hello world, click through application. But then of course, no one actually does that more than one time in their entire life. So I don't know, you know, back to the, like the Cloud Foundry or this other, I think it's it's interesting when people are taking this on, because I think what the developer experience really is trying to say is like, hey, I wanna be working on a platform that's widely available, so my skills are very portable, right, like I wanna sure, make sure that, that I can do that. Yeah. And then two, I wanna make sure that I can quickly learn it but then I can get very, very productive, which of course usually means like really good command line, a lot of ability to automate things, and it's a lot of stuff uh-huh. that's kind of deep down that is not very good for PowerPoint slides. So that for it, never really gets talked about in the developer ex- experience executive meeting. I don't know what's your experience yeah, been yeah, on yeah.
0: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, if you want to program with wizards, they call that low code nowadays, and that's fine, right? Like you can go use your Air Tables and whatnots, and and no problem there. But yeah. I, I think I think the uh, uh, application developer experience, right, is more just like I'm fine battling some JavaScript framework to like get it to do what I want. But what I don't want to do is be like I don't want to ever have to think like Oh, it's a, always a DNS problem. It's like an application developer right. like it's like when I talk about like registering a domain name and just getting it to point somewhere. And I'm like, what the fuck is this? Right? Like, like what is the C have, name? Why do I have yeah, to know what the
2: name is? I don't care what the name is.
0: I have, I have a domain name. I want it to go to this WordPress site. What's the fucking problem. And there's right? a place like, we could you, use some better wizards right there.
2: Some better <laughs> wizards on that. And I'm all in wild card C name every single time. No one knows what the stuff means.
0: Yeah. And, and it's just like that also DNS, not boring. Right. <laughs> DNS is very exciting. Uh, right. Like it's, it's, uh, I hate, wait, I, hate DNS. I I'm, I'm out on that.
2: I'm out on DNS. <laughs> hate it. I hate, I hate it.
0: I never <laughs> oh, want to geez. use DNS. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, and, and I mean, I think, I think to put it another way, and then, and then, you know, maybe we can move on to other things. Like, and this is a trite way of putting it, but like, I think it was, it was my friend Robert Brooke up in, uh, up in London who, who used this phrase is like, An application developer, they want to move pixels on the screen, right? Like that's what their end output is. Now, sure, you could have an API developer and they're just doing like an API or whatever, but that's like whatever. Like, you know, ultimately an application developer, like if they're not moving pixels around on the screen, they're probably not doing very much except like upgrading the JVM or something like that, which Brandon taught us long ago, not a good feature. Don't, Don't prioritize that. If you're not moving pixels on the screen, you're not making no, money. No, if you're not making not. money, you're fired, right? So, yep. so that, that's
1: it. You can't pay for it.
0: So when 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 you configure your infrastructure layer so that it can do whatever, you're not moving pixels on the screen, and you're not focusing on like developer experience. So now I think I think basically, if you look at it, like a lot of what uh, people in the infrastructure layer. And by that, I mean something like a platform as a service and your Kubernetes and whatever. Like a lot of the focus that they have is like, let's allow developers to not have to like wait for us infrastructure people. And then they can go off and debate their JavaScript stuff or whatever. It's just sort of like, you know, it's like with, again, with like just configuring like a domain name. Why does that have to be so fucking hard? And I I have to understand what an XP.io is or something. Like, I mean, there's all these like, or a zip, I don't even know how to say it. There's all this stuff that it's just like, <laughs> it's just absurd. I like, I want to type something in a browser and it goes over here to this WordPress site. I don't, I don't know right. why. So
2: Coach, I want to leave you with two things on this subject that we move on. It's like one, I think I want to propose we redefine a uh, developer experience to just simply uh, allowing the developer to take the app written in their framework of choice, no JS or whatever, and get it working on the infrastructure or application uh, layer that's been provided. That's really what people want. How quickly can they do that's that? Right. So that's, yeah. so, and we can leave the wizards behind. We don't need to have a lot of wizards to do that. We just need to help them go from yeah. whatever, Node.js on the laptop to like Node.js running in the uh, the, the Kubernetes uh, installation of choice. And uh, some real-time f- feedback we're seeing here is that I'm, I'm being told DNS simple. That's what we should be using. Good wizards in uh, DNS simple. So maybe oh. maybe next time that if we're forced to adjust the DNS... Which God knows. I hope that never happens. We should try DNS simple.
0: Yeah. Do yeah. I mean buy I mean, it? just as just as another point, right? Like if you ever go to the wonderful fireside.fm to host a podcast, right? Like good old Dan Benjamin. He's he's he he's he's, he's, uh, he's knows what he's doing. But you go there and you want to wire up a domain name to it and he's like, Pull up a chair, buddy. I got like <laughs> 50, I got fifteen different articles based on where you've registered the domain name. Never mind how the domain names work, right? It depends on where you registered, what they allow for it. And then you got to do this and check that. And it's just like, what a mess, right? And, and like, that's been around forever and is a, um, anyhow.
2: Today's show is sponsored by Linode. Whether you're working on a personal project or managing enterprise infrastructure, you deserve simple, affordable, and accessible cloud computing solutions that allow you to take your project to the next level. Simplify your cloud infrastructure with Linode's Linux Virtual Machines and develop, deploy, and scale your modern applications faster and easier. Get started on Linode today with $100 in free credit for listeners of Software Defined Talk. You can find all the details at linode.com. Linode has 11 global data centers and provides 24-7, 365 human support with no tiers or handoffs regardless of your plan size. In addition to shared and dedicated compute instances, you can use your $100 in credit on S3-compatible object storage, Manage Kubernetes, and more. Host your website, build your app, store or backup media. It's up to you, and it's all free with $100 in Linode credit. Visit linode.com sdt and click on the Create Free Account button to get started. And be sure to check out Linode's new YouTube channel for video tutorials, security tips, and more at youtube.com linode. And of course, we thank Linode for sponsoring our show.
0: Well, also in infrastructure news. I think uh, I think the OpenStack Foundation also had a conference. Now let me let me do another sidebar here. I feel bad about this, but I'm totally like dropped out of the whole conference world. I I know I'm supposed to be like you know still aware and submitting. Uh, I don't even remember what they're called. Call for papers. Like I'm, is, is I, this
1: post VM world led down
0: or? Uh, no, it's just like you know. Ever since this, uh, you know, I don't go anywhere. I don't think I've actually. This maybe I shouldn't say this because it might come up in my workday review or something. <laughs> but like, I, I don't think I've actually like submitted a CFP anywhere because it just like, I don't like, I don't know. I don't want to do it online screens? Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, now I do this uh, week daily video thing for uh, over there, the Tanzu talk daily, which is fine. And it's just like, I don't I don't know. I don't I don't know if it's. You know, and I know it's not necessarily right because we had our our, our Spring One thing and they had the VMware thing and there was like a ton of people watching it, unless it was like, you know, uh, Russian bots or something like that. But there was like a lot of people, so many people watching each session, including ones that I was uh, involved in or, you know, uh, were paying attention to. So I think there is a huge reach that online conferences bring, but I just uh, I can't get into it. I can't motivate myself, which is to say. I think the OpenStack Foundation had a conference as well. <laughs> uh from from <laughs> from what I was reading. <laughs> and uh I think we can infer
2: you didn't go to the conference Kote is that what we should take from that you Yeah, did, you didn't yeah, attend yeah. the OpenStack Foundation conference now known well, as the o- Open, open Infrastructure, Infrastructure Foundation.
0: Yeah, yeah that starts next year just to be clear. Mm-hmm. I think if if I remember in 20 but yeah, yeah. And now now uh y- yeah. So they got a rename there. I, I wish I wish I would have uh, uh, done a little more research to see the projects that they work on. But I think I you know, t- I don't think it's changed. Right. Like they they basically they work on not only open stack things, but a, a broader range of stuff. I think what comes up all the time is their uh, their build process and their build farm. They're always mentioning that as as a resource that they have. But uh, perhaps with a name change such as that and the intention behind it, maybe they'll be bringing on all sorts of other uh, new exciting things. Now, you know, I don't know if they still put this out, but they used to put out at every conference a a state of OpenStack, which was always fun to read through, uh, which is quite enjoyable. Yeah, but I did
2: see – it seems like um, OpenStack has really found – I guess uh, at home in the telecommunications world, telco because it says that that seems to be I don't know the biggest users are telcos, which is kind of interesting that they've sort of i don't know they've branched their own way, but I guess they've maybe made that project what they want of it, so I don't know mm. it's it you know as they kind of mentioned in this article is it doesn't get a lot of hype anymore, but you know he said some of the vendors are are doing quite well, and as I think we all know, like if you're selling software telecommunications, financial services, insurance, right? Those are always like some of the best customers. So I don't know. I'm not sure why. Maybe the telcos were able just to get in there and make it what they wanted, you know, and it's very customized to well, they, their they, solution they you know? need
1: it. Yeah, I mean, they need yeah. it to be successful. And like you said, they're willing to pay for software. So, you know, i it was, you know, when when Cisco and Red Hat kind of made the drive, probably like 2015 to just start laser focusing on telcos, kind of foregone conclusion <laughs> yeah i mean we didn't know we didn't know it at the time but it was just kind of like well uh who are these people why do they care and why is everything about networking these days and then you know here we are a couple years later it's like huh apparently it was
0: all about networking yeah because yeah. you, you, you got the, that um, you got that 5g rollout right i yeah. keep hearing about this 5g that's that's yep. what's, what's gonna happen
2: is it available is 5g available over there in europe it seems like you're always ahead seems like you always have the faster uh, stuff
0: they they have posters about it I, I guess uh, but you know I I, I, I was listening to uh, to some Vox podcast and you know they've done this thing at the end where they run like two ads at the end which uh-huh. is you know we're in the business of selling podcast ads and my opinion of that would be like that's a dumb idea to roll ads at the end but however yep. uh, turn to. If you wanted to pay us to do it, then it's just a very smart. Yeah, we do it.
2: Hell on the jump on there, like we do it. Yeah, we'd absolutely <laughs> Wait, do it. Wait, put
0: our closing music. <laughs> oh yeah, but however, however, to the point of having it, I did hear the two ads because I was like, I don't know, washing dishes or something, and I, I couldn't like stop it. And there was one ad for I think it was Verizon, and they, you know, they're of course talking about five G, and they were at, at the the kind of disclaimer at the end. It was sort of like, <laughs> what did it say? Five g available in some cities in select areas, and I was thinking like, "Oh, right, so it's like available in some parts of some towns. Sure. Well of sort of like
1: targeted ads, though, maybe they know that you are in Amsterdam, Ooh. which is well served by five g because this is what has been surprising to me. like uh I've been listening to ninety nine percent Invisible, and apparently they've got geolocated ads. So, you know, it's it's really crazy to hear Roman Mars reading stuff for Telstra, you know, the the Australian telco, right? Oh, yeah. He's he's just like, you know, Telstra's here to do this. I'm like, "Wait, what do you care? You're in Berkeley, right?" But there you go. Maybe 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 they've got you pinned down, Cote.
0: That's true. However, it was a Verizon ad. So, they might <laughs> which
1: they don't have in Europe they at might, all. <laughs> they might want to
0: check uh, market participation, but Wow. Yeah, 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 you know, we got Vodafone here and I don't know, they got some 5G stuff. I mean the the it, I uh, well let me say the internet not to be well to brag a little but the internet here is like already so insanely fast boy if it's going to get faster I don't know what we're going to do with it we're going to uh you know it's like anything else I'm just going to like start uploading a lot of 4K videos and then I'm going to complain about it being slow is really what's going to happen like it's you know you it's it's the old uh, it's the old Jevons paradox that all, all efficiency is immediately consumed to uh, be more productive and then uh you know you you fill the you fill the potential to to do more with it i i think but uh yeah so so that's that's great they got a good new name over there oif weef. and uh, i should have done a little bit of research to to look into them more now now matt ray uh-huh. i think it was was it you? No, it was it was JJ who was the big OpenStack person. Well, on-
1: I, I I handed the torch off to JJ. So yes. you know, I did uh, I did the first ten OpenStack summits
0: uh-huh.
1: and uh, hired JJ. Wow. And the first sent ten. Him, yeah, uh, hired JJ and sent him to you know
0: <laughs> extinguish the torch. <laughs>
1: Yeah, but yes, uh, JJ ran the the chef OpenStack stuff for a while for me.
0: Now that's then, that's uh, two that's two a year. So ten is five years. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty. Uh, nice. And
1: yeah, I I, uh, I went to the uh, the Austin the first Austin one when uh, before I was at Chef. So uh, had no idea what I was going to. It was just hey, this is happening in downtown Austin.
0: Now, you is that check is, it out. is that when you were refurbishing Ecuadorian cash registers?
1: <laughs> no no i i this is when i was uh uh lo- tie- locking up the uh the open source monitoring market
0: oh yes at the at the xenos Zenos. Yes. uh so so i mean y'all y'all did this but i just want to close you, i want to close this out so OpenStack actually big and running like telco networks like yeah, big yeah big infrastructure yeah people still use it it's yeah it's, i it i have, I have a I have one of my coworkers, he did a lot of work, this guy, uh, Rick Clark, he did a lot of work building out, you know, OpenStack uh, oh, yeah. stuff and uh, building it other places, which, which is, uh, well, that's, that's interesting. Used more or less. It's almost like a reverse Java. Remember, Java was supposed to be like uh, embedded system stuff, and then it became for moving pixels on the screen. And then OpenStack moved into the, uh, the, the network instead of being the, uh, well, no, that's what it was probably always for. I don't know. Telcos. Love those. Love those folks. What are what are the other concerns telcos have? They got to run the network and then they just do normal application stuff, like signing up, handling your bills, things like that. They just
1: got to keep the pipes clean.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they just got to make sure the bits go from here to there. They yeah. are undifferentiated pipes, as far as I'm concerned. But, you know, hopefully... uh, Hopefully, I'll try to get some better pipes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, speaking of undifferentiated pipes, let's, let's, uh, it's not on our rundown list. And I have not read the Ben Thompson stuff on it. But what's, what's the take on this, uh, Google antitrust thing? What's going on there? Matt Ray, I'm going to do a little McLaughlin group. Matt Ray, is this a valid lawsuit from the Justice Department? Can't people choose to use Bing?
1: Uh, so, so, um, I think the Ben Thompson article <laughs> was behind the paywall. So I didn't, I didn't read that one. Uh, but you know, I, have been, I've been reading into, you know, some of it. it, it sounds like they're gearing up for a long protracted fight that probably won't lead to anything kind of, you know, reminiscent of, of the Microsoft stuff where they just drag it out and it slows some of Google's behavior. But, um, I, I kind of don't expect much to happen. I, you know, but, uh, I don't know. Um, There's definitely smoke there. I mean, obviously, Google is, uh, you know, they've been caught red-handed multiple times doing kind of shady, anti-competitive things. There are some logical, you know, low-impact things that could slow them down. But at this point, um, you know, telling them that they can't, uh, you know, pay people to pre-select for uh, for search, all that's going to do is kill Mozilla. (laughs) <laughs> like way to go! Uh, apparently, Apple makes right, right, uh, right. like twenty percent of their profits are from Google. So you know there, there's that number was quite startling. It,
2: it, I think it was twelve that, billion. That, right? twelve billion yeah. for uh, default search placement, and I guess the uh, I guess really the iPhone, but I guess it's probably across all of Apple. That was quite. I was yeah, like, wow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, you just you talk about businesses that are like kind of silently massive. You're like, wow. The payment just to be the default. I mean, I'm sure they've done the math. I'm sure it's very profitable for them oh, yeah. as well. But yeah. it's just like wow, it's an incredible number when you see it, kind of in print.
1: <laughs> as we've seen, Google's always happy to knife something that's not uh, making ridiculous profits for them. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, I I think you think I they think... could
2: have like at least kept Google Reader around. You know, this whole this whole lawsuit <laughs> no, could have no. been avoided if they didn't kill if they didn't kill Google Reader.
1: I, I think – I actually, I think that is the sort of friction the DOJ should put on them is make them r- bring back every single product they've into life with a well-maintained software engineering staff. <laughs> mm, mm.
2: Well, it does seem like these things – the way these lawsuits seem to get score, uh, scored is like win, loss kind of thing is that the government sort of says or kind of threatens they're going to, quote, break you up. So if you get broken up, that I feel like that is a win for the government. People would say that was like – executed but then more like around the microsoft where if you give these concessions right where you and you just sort of say yeah we won't bundle the browser maybe google will stop paying for you know these things um that that is sort of seems like more the 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 person being sued or the company wins right by just kind of like agreeing to some some concessions to decouple itself and stop some practices which does feel like this yeah. how this will end up because i I don't know. I mean, because then there's always, well, they need to spin off YouTube. Seems like that comes up a lot because that's very easy for us to understand. But it's also like, I don't know, does that really I don't know. The fact that YouTube and Google, like, it, it doesn't feel like that's actually related to this monopoly. They, 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 should, be
1: forced, they should be forced to maintain Q- Q- QB. Yeah. <laughs>
0: well, <laughs> now, now, before we before we get to that topic. <laughs> i I had some i know I know you two have uh, done deep research on on qB i did I did some shallow research while I was watching uh, uh some Fargo earlier but but so you know I always wonder when it comes to uh well whenever there's tech world antitrust, it always makes you wonder like if if i like if you know when it comes to antitrust in other industries, I wonder if you're in that industry if you're kind of like i don't know what's going on here. this seems like bullshit right because more or less, every time, like, I kind of, like, read up on antitrust stuff in the tech world, I'm always, like, I don't see what the problem here is, right? Like, whether it's, like, like whether it's sort of, like, weird channel and partner stuff where there's payoffs for things or, like, you have, uh, like, what was – I mean, the core of the Microsoft stuff was, like, as I remember, was was some weird, like, payments going around and, like, some – I don't know, well, but like it—it
1: it, it, it was just that—that that, you know they, the financial incentives for all the PC makers were you know they, they were paid you know they had to pay you know street prices for w- Windows unless they did you know bundling things that Microsoft wanted you know put the, the browser on the desktop
0: you know bundle the right software right, put these right.
1: links in, in right. the right
0: places which, so you know, which which like which like don't get me wrong that's is competitively annoying but like it, it's it's sort of like like again being inside the tech world right it's like i don't know you could get a mac right like yeah, or, or, but, but or you could do this that's... and 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 so it's it's sort of like now again i'm kind of like being absurd like this cuz i know there's something like wrong in my thinking so to speak but like so for example with google like as brandon was saying like i don't really see how separating youtube would do anything and like right. w- versus like now what i would suspect right like if so if someone were to say hey kote this antitrust is not about you or consumers it's about people who spend money on advertising in google right now i don't know what the market shares figures are but i'm pretty sure google has google and facebook have a massive market share of the advertisers like yeah
1: it's right?
0: ridiculous. Yeah. and so i would assume there's all sorts of like annoyances that happen there. And I have no idea what like uh, monopolies and market shares are or whatever, like what that even, I mean, sorry, monopolies and advertising are, but there probably are like massively annoying things. If you are a rival advertiser or if you're buying advertising now that see, that's where things, I think this is always the point where things get complicated is like, but the prices goes down or up. Like, I don't know. It's, it's really weird. But so It'll be interesting to see what the logic of antitrust thing is, right, because I think it's it's uh it's always difficult to sort out having like dominant market share with like is that a monopoly in a bad way like it's hard it's hard for me to kind of be like you can only have twenty percent of the market like i mean if that's a rule that we wanted as a norm and and it was basically like there has to be at least five people in the market so any no one people can only ever have 20% share of market so we guarantee there's at least five players and there will probably be many many more but like i don't know is that what we want <laughs> like or,
1: or do you just put a cap on the size corporations can get right. to yeah but
0: yeah yeah i do think the
2: legal people that heard talk about this is it I guess, you know, the idea of, um, you know, a monopoly is all about consumer harm. And so there's been a lot of talk in the legal community about like, well, when these services are quote unquote free, can you really have consumer harm, right? No one's really paying anymore. So that seems yeah. like an interesting part of this is like, does like how you get determined to be a monopoly and do does some action need to be taken it's like, as part of this lawsuit, it seems like they're going to test the grounds of like, well, what is the other types of harm that potentially could be happening, whether it be to advertisers or whether it just be to the overall market suffers because no new innovation can really take place here. Right. It's almost impossible for anything to happen.
0: I guess if I remember my like really rudimentary antitrust stuff, like the, the, the worst type of antitrust activity is let's say the top three to five competitors in a market, you know, rent some hotel room in the middle of nowhere and agree what the price of various goods are going to be for the next year right? right and every year they come together and they agree yeah, on pricing. price fixing basically price, yeah, yeah 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 and and like I mean, yeah, that sucks for me, I guess like if the price is higher than it needs to be <laughs> right like like it is it is obviously that will be taken advantage of and it'll be like like a nefarious thing so but but it, like I, I I mean I guess I don't know if there's price. Fixing going, it, it's just like things get really weird. I I don't know I don't, I don't think there's
1: like sense. you know there's there's not like uh, collusion. I don't think that's what's being implied. I think there. I listen to probably too many like economics podcasts, and you know they <clears throat> they kind of redefine the definition of of um, anti-competitive behavior as far as uh, monopolies are concerned. Where you know does the price does the computer does the consumer have to pay more, and that kind of goes out the window when the consumer is the product you know when when yeah. you know we can sell you know when we can give you services for zero dollars because we're selling you you know how is the consumer harmed well you know obviously you're harmed by the fact that you know everybody and their mom has your social security number and and you know doc you know and all that but they need to think about all the externalities about the fact that like. Nobody can do uh, a new, you know, ad tech um, startup with any, you know, long, long-lived uh, aspirations. You know, you yeah, there are yeah. there are entire markets that are just shut down because people cannot afford to get into that space, um, and so they're going to have to rethink, you know, what it means to be uh, a monopoly.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. And no. And, and so, so, ex- yeah. And so that stuff is fun because then like the, the, the next and hopefully final layer is like, you know, to pull a typical, like, like, you know, my favorite Matt Iglesias move is like, well, so what do we want? <laughs> right? Like, like if, if, if we're going to be running around like, uh, you know, breaking up companies to put in place a, a better business climate so that people benefit, and they're not doing price fixing, and the, the traditional rules apply, someone should probably come up with a theory of what they want, right? Mm-hmm. Like what the policy is and put it in place. And that's, I mean, I guess that's, that's the part that would be, uh, that'd be fascinating to, to, like, to look at.
2: I do at. think, you know, maybe kind of like to summarize my, you know, kind of my concluding thoughts on the whole thing is like, yeah, I mean, there probably is. I mean, there's no doubt Google is the number one search rider and there is probably the monopoly kind of behavior there but at the same time it doesn't seem like there's any easy fix and it does seem the way that these problems get fixed or more things change in the society Like kind of going back to microsoft like the pc became less important and then the world moved to like online and it does kind of feel like that's the next thing that will happen here is like search will just become less relevant to us over time Uh, and that's what will make it kind of like less valuable not the fact that there's any one thing you can do today to, to really change that. So it's sort of like the market just works itself out over time is, is what I think will ultimately happen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So speaking of the difficulty of entering markets, it looks like, uh, I don't know much about how do you say Quibi. Quibi. Quibi yep. Yeah. Shutting
2: down. Barely knew you.
0: I, I went, I went and looked uh, on their website cause I wanted to see like what kind of shows they had. And I don't know, they, they had shows right? Like it's, <laughs> and, and and now I think, I, yeah, think I don't t- think that was the problem. I, th- I think, I think, I think you two have talked about it uh, a little bit here and there. And maybe, maybe this is kind of a good example of like, maybe, maybe antitrust is more about, uh, limiting, uh, ch- What do you call it? Uh, go to market. Right. So like, Maybe if you are a content producer, I don't know if this is the case, though. Maybe no, if you're a content I'm going to just jump in here. Like,
2: no, you have to have a good product because I think TikTok showed that yeah, there's plenty yeah. of room for yeah, exactly. for short-form right, right, right. content. I don't think Quibi is going to have any case and, that, and so, that so the it, Google it, monopoly prevented its success. Like, that was a bad pro- – like, to me, I just quickly yeah. summarize this as like – this is a quick um, – Halo Effect Hall of Fame, like right into the Hall of Fame. It's just like
0: right.
2: the, the many yeah, people express, <laughs> yeah, express questions about this. It was a very questionable value proposition to, from beginning to end. The person, people running it, were, you know, all 100, uh, you know, successful in all their other ventures. Use that to muscle in, raise a bunch of money. And it was clearly known that there are many reasons this could fail. So I just think, hey, you know, fine. It's great if you think you can do it. And maybe if they had proved us all wrong, we'd be we'd be sitting here and, you know, congratulating them. But, like, this was easy to foresee as being just a total waste yeah. of money, which it ultimately now, was.
0: Now, the idea – I didn't go watch these shows. But the idea is uh, they <laughs> advertise really on their website that whether you hold your phone in portrait or landscape. Yeah. You'll be able to see it. And then I assume also the episodes, it's – carved up into like yeah short 10 minute minute yeah
2: like very like short 10 minute episodes and yeah you could flip your phone and you could like go from a portrait to landscape and the and i guess that technology was sort of touted as new but i guess there's some patents and some you know some potential legal problems that maybe they took it from someone else so who knows that'll have to get worked out and then of course you know the other thing is is like all the all of um like so many of these problems, it's easy as an outsider. It's like, well, the problem is like the show sucked. There was no good shows. Like nobody ever talked about any shows. It's like so, so, well, like, and they like so many they problems. Could. It's like, you know what we should do? I'm sure there are many meetings about like, but look at this. When I switch the view, I can see it in landscape. And no one was like, but, well, the problem is the TV shows that you have here suck. So, I mean, that was well, really the problem.
1: There's that, but they also didn't understand internet culture at all. Right. I mean, just even at the top they're like, you know, there were interviews with uh the the CEO and he's like, Yeah, I don't want watch yeah. stuff on my phone. Um
2: yeah, Jeffrey and, and, Katzenberg, yeah. Meg Witten. Yeah. right? You know, it's the Yeah, uh, they're like,
1: Yeah, kids do that. That's not our thing. And we're like, Well, that's the but like, I running. Mean,
2: but again, like you know there are people. Like this is just a classic truth to power. Like, you know there are many people that were working there and told them or either wanted to tell them like you're missing it. Oh, yeah. You don't make it. It's not, you haven't made it. It's no meme culture to it. You can't share it. Well, and uh, they like never maybe you they should look at TikTok. Right. And then, right. but you
1: couldn't screenshot from it. You couldn't nothing, share Nothing, right? Like clips. And, nothing. But you listen you know, to they, interviews
2: they, they, with Jer, uh, the CEO, uh, Jeffrey Hazelberg, before, and he is just completely dismissive of anyone bringing up the the most simple. Uh, objection, like, well, what about this? And he's just like, you don't get it. And then he tells you how he made Shrek and how Shrek was going to be was super successful, and nobody thought it would be. And it's like, yeah, like we get all that. That's the, that's the past. That does not mean what you're about to do is going to be successful. <laughs> so, I mean, and I saw some other VCs come out and like, hey, like, why is everyone like dunking on it? And it's like, well, listen, I don't think we're dunking on the people that built the app. It is a cool app, but it's like these executives. If you work at any corporation, are generally very ruthless when you're working for them, and I don't think they cut anybody any slack when they went in and did the MBRs and things weren't going well. They weren't like, "Good job, you tried. That's okay. Let's have a blameless Porsche motor." I'm sure these executives were pretty, pretty direct about you not doing well. So I don't think it's wrong for us to be like, "Hey, you know, you have to. Su- they have to be subject to the same type of criticism here. It's like this was a bad idea, start to finish."
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah it, it it seems like uh you know I've been watching uh well the kids had vacation last week so we started watching all the avenger films and as you know there are many of them Now oddly <laughs> oddly enough maybe it's not odd I mean this this is I mean talk about like weird uh channel annoyances and and uh, harm, harming the consumer they had all the avenger movies in there except the first hulk movie and the the two Spider Man movies in yeah. Disney Plus, yes, because yeah. of some nonsense with Sony or whatever, right? I, I was I was I remember I'd read up about this and and I was trying to. Uh, Kim asked me why they weren't in there, and of course I was like being the 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 mansplainer and trying to go over it. And then I was listening to myself talking. I was like, I don't understand what's going on here, right? Like no I mean sense. I mean I I I know literally what was ha- and then you go read the Wikipedia page and it's just like. I don't know. Some money changed hands, and they could have like Spider Man in that Avengers movie, and then right. Iron Man yes. could go over there, and like they that, were in that, some that's hotel. That's how my
1: ten year old explained it. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah, on yeah. top of it.
0: So, anyways, you know, I was, I was watching that, and then and then, uh, you know, thinking about all the people involved in that, and like, yes, I to your point, Brandon, I think it is a hard enough job to create good content. That you don't need to worry about if you can flip your phone around, right? Like if you're good at, if you're good at creating good content, you should just do that, and uh, that's going to be difficult.
2: What and, I do uh, think, you know, to be, you know, to go back and you know, so if we're sitting in the executive meeting, they're like, well, like, what are your ideas? Well, I think the ideas we, someone could have proposed is like, hey, instead of building this whole app in like all of the content, like, why don't go partner up with Snapchat, with TikTok, with you know, even Facebook or an Instagram there, and say like, why don't we try to see if we could sell some of these short films to them and see if any one of those platforms where it would make sense where someone would potentially want to see something that's highly produced and interesting. Mm. And then if you did get it going, you could either become a syndicator of that because you would be really good at creating that content and licensing it to those providers and doing a subscription service or use that then to bridge yourself and actually go out and build a full blown app, and so the uh, hubris here, right? they
1: blew that. Yeah, yeah. The they, hubris they here was just too. like,
2: oh, we're gonna not only do we gonna have to build that, we have to spend almost two billion dollars on content, we have to have hundreds of shows, and it's like you could have easily done some partnerships to test out this concept and maybe had a lot more money and figure out what worked and what didn't because I think TikTok is, I, is They, I they like partnered on
1: the content. They partnered on the content, but they restricted. uh, Just. Dis- presentation of that content to their platform right which, which meant is, like this is crazy. you couldn't go to yeah. youtube and see like a highlights clip of the latest you know yeah. golden arm woman video or whatever you know the only place you saw it were like blurry photos of people's phones you know laughing about it on you know not those platforms and you know it's just like you killed you killed any sort of uptick in consumption you know you, you only it was just dumb.
2: You actively prevented <laughs> success is what I think you're going I,
0: I like where you're going. Now maybe this we can pick this up at our next board meeting. We're Ugh. kind of figuring out what to do here. But I think we don't
1: have another I, we don't have time for another board meeting. They're I shutting think, us down.
0: I think I think I think I like the idea of like someone needs to be the UHF of like the VHF world of the of, of these uh, these walled gardens, right? Like if you want to watch uh you know if you want to watch a hulu or if you want to watch like uh, the handmaid's tale you got in the u.s you got to have hulu over here there's some other licensing deal right like where you can watch it through the local cable provider or if you want if you want to watch like whatever like it's all this complicated stuff right you always had to go to like nbc and abc and cbs to watch what they had until it came into reruns which you don't even have but then you would have these other shows which were just kind of like syndicated out to all the other networks, right? And like, I often think it would be nice. I use YouTube so much and my kids do. It'd be nice to, to like remove ads, but you got to pay like $15 a month. And like, I don't get anything as far as I can tell. But like, maybe if there was all this other content that was jammed into there, basically, if there was bundling. That's what I want. <laughs> I, I want I want there to be back bundling. It's it's funny, like I think this is maybe five years or so. Like again to bring them up, like I think it was Ben Thompson who was like, Well, what's happening is everything is unbundling. And in about six or eight years, everyone's gonna look at their bills and say, Oh, that hundred twenty cable bill was actually a pretty good deal since I got all of that content in one thing yeah. rather than you know. And a 120 cable bill also includes your internet and your phone yeah. thing, right? But So it's really like, I don't know, what are we talking about? 60 euros or so of TV in there? So if you wanted your YouTube, that's 15. Netflix is like 12. I'm switching between dollars and Amazon euros. Amazon Prime. Some, yeah, some then Amazon Hulu. Prime. And then you got your Disney Plus, And then there's going to yeah. be a Hulu. And already we're talking like the same amount, more or less. So it's just like, uh, I don't know, whatever. But we got the freedom we can uh we <laughs> we can choose well, it.
1: yeah they'll the bundle they'll bundle it up uh, as long as it's like a streaming bundle and then you got you got to pay
0: for HBO too right cuz you got to watch like your HBO stuff so all of a sudden you're paying for all this uh all these things love love a bundle well there's one more item uh it looks like it's it's indeterminate if you should use soap on your cast iron skillet or not uh, this is uh <laughs> this this is that i i uh you know uh i i went a long time kim is a very you never use soap on your cast iron skillet uh which is fine and and i've had cast iron skillets my whole life i don't know i use soap on them or not i think it's one of these things where it's just like hey man it's a fucking skillet like you can have like you can have a honeymoon with it because you're all cool and fun with your cast iron and if you want to leave it greasy that's fine too you can do that but like I think I think the clincher in this article, they interviewed some people was basically one person. I think the lady was like, yeah, generally, you know, if I'm cooking something in it, I just kind of rub it out and and I don't clean it. But when I cook fish in it, I use soap to clean it. And it's sort of like that kind of tells you everything you need to know. If 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 you if there is an item that you cook fish in that you clean afterwards, it's it's totally cool to use soap on it. Uh, But, you know, you can also keep the bacon stuff in there. No debate. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So let, you can look that up now. Uh, do we have anything Brandon in the software defined talk, uh, bureaucracy corner? Just, uh, want
2: to thank, uh, Terry for writing in, uh, sent some stickers, uh, here in Austin, Texas. So a short trip after all these uh, mailing all around the world. So, um, thank her for, uh, uh, writing in. And of course, if you want stickers, all you gotta do is uh, send your postal address to stickers at software, defined com and I will be happy to send you some free laptop stickers. Also, make sure uh, I've been doing some interviews lately, so let me know how if you like those. Got a couple more scheduled. Always interested. Some uh, listeners reached out and suggested some guests, so we'll hear them in a future interviews. But always uh, looking for uh, the audience to suggest guests because otherwise... I have to read all these PR emails and they're like really long. They don't really make any sense. And, and I never really get guests that way. So it's better when someone just slacks me some ideas. So send me some ideas of guests we should have on and we'll get those done.
0: That is good. You always have a good interview. I like that one with JJ where basically it was just like, well, that sucked. But, <laughs> but, but in, a, in a very convincing, uh, elaborate way. And uh, I think I think it was nice. You know, also I'll recommend, I forget where it is. Maybe it's a couple of weeks ago, but there's uh uh, over on the drunkenretired.com podcast, uh, at some point, uh, Tasty Meets Paul breaks in and he's like, all right, all right, let me just speak to you straight about this. And he goes over kind of a general theory of, uh, uh, that he applies uh, of, of, of like when a company should, uh, uh, I don't know, how they should think about their valuation and uh, selling and things like that. And the, the part that really it's, that's really interesting is at the end, he's like, next on the list here is HashiCorp. They need to figure out what they're going to do, uh, and uh, and I was like, oh yeah, that's true. That's uh, they they need to sort things out, uh, you know, before it gets too late for them. Well, which that, which that is... was last week's episode. We sorted it out for them. Good, good. I'll have to find and listen to it then. So that, that, <laughs> That'll be good. So uh, there, there's a couple of conferences coming up, which I may or may not be uh, looking at. I always like to find the recordings, just pick through them. You've got KubeCon and Cloud Native November seventeenth and twentieth online and uh also the open shift commons gathering uh november 7th 2020 They're head to head how will people oh. choose yes i mean uh, to be honest i have no idea what an open shift is uh that's that sounds like some <laughs> some funny little odd thing uh oh, yeah. but Not like I'm, a <laughs> I, yeah i'm sure sh- i'm sure i'm sure it's wonderful it's uh no uh, all kidding aside i'm sure it's uh I'm sure it's fun stuff. So, uh, you know, you should join us in our Slack channel. If you go to softwaredefinedtalk.com, you can uh, check that out. We're in we're in Twitter and Twitch and Instagram, all sorts of things like that. I posted at least one video of what I've been doing with my green screen work over on the Software Defined Talk Instagram uh, channel. You can go check that out. Lots of great work. And I'll put in my own advertisement. As I said... I do these uh, daily videos at 11 a.m. Amsterdam time. Talk about attending live. Uh, and uh, I don't know. It's just uh, uh, I call them Tanzu Talk. If you go to VMware.com, no, that's not right. If you go to Twitch, wait, that's not right either. I made my own pl- thing because all these URLs are confusing. You just go to yeah. cote.io. You go to Kote.io slash Tanzu Talk. You don't put the uh in there. But you should tune in. And I put them all up in YouTube, too, so you don't actually have to wake up at 2 a.m. your time to watch them. And, and, and Kubi, right? And I don't know what that is. is. that Yeah. Oh, is that how you're supposed to say it? Yeah, I'd like I don't to, know. I'm It's I was too actually, late. You can't. I had been talking with someone there, but they just went quiet all of a sudden. I don't, oh, I don't know what happened. They uh, didn't
1: have your content.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, I just want the clicks and the views. That's what I'm looking for. Well, now, with that, Matt Ray, speaking of clicks uh. and views— what, what are you working on over there that you might recommend to people if they if they uh, are clicking and viewing?
1: Well, uh, for viewing, I, I grabbed myself a new um, 32-inch ultra-high-definition monitor from Dell. Uh, they they had them on sale, so I picked one up for 35% off. It was pretty sweet. Uh, the sad thing, of course, is it it's too high resolution for my 2017 macbook pro <laughs> mm. so, so i can't run it at full resolution or a full refresh rate at highest resolution which is annoying but uh i you know to to compensate for that i bought myself a new desktop system um that uh it, it's not exactly um uh you know congresswoman um compatible. It, it's not as fast as the ones that uh, AOC and them were we're using for for playing video games, but uh it's pretty good. I put the build out on there. Uh happy to talk about it uh sometime if, if people care. I uh, bought myself a new AMD system for mostly gonna
0: be for development. But uh you
1: know, there there'll probably some some gaming in there.
0: Mm. You know I I they they had a big uh back in the spring work from home buy that you could do in VMware land, you know, to outfit your home office. And yeah. one of the options was was that monitor. So I was like, sure, I'll select that one. Now, mysteriously, I didn't get one. I got a different <laughs> type of monitor, which is also good, but but it was a good, uh, anyways, it, it looked it look nice. The monitor I have is good. Now, let me ask you this, Matt Ray. Yes. Are, you, are you using a Mac on that monitor? Maybe this yeah. is for both of you. It's like, when you get a higher resolution monitor, I always wanna do the maximum resolution But of course, then the, the font size gets really small and you can go in and like change the font size, but then when you unplug it from your laptop, you've got this gigantic (laughs) font size on your laptop. And I feel like this is a known (sighs) problem that should be addressed that like on, on monitor one, I want this gigantic font size, but I guess, (laughs) I guess not. It's it's,
1: Uh, obviously, yeah, I, I have gone down this path, um. And so I found kind of the balance of you know I I I am not running I'm not running the monitor on highest resolution well because you know the laptop can't keep up with that so I've I've cranked the laptop up to the maximum resolution and increased the font sizes so you know they are kind of equivalent between the two mm-hmm. screens but uh, I mean this monitor has. Four times the resolution of the one that I replaced, right? Yeah, so, it's
0: too much. You can't yeah. read the text. Yeah,
1: so I, I've I've <laughs> I've down I've gone down in resolution, but uh, you know, if I had the latest MacBook Pro, it would be okay.
0: Yeah, yeah but so. then you still couldn't read the text. This, well, this I'd is have the to. Yeah, yeah. So they, yeah. they they need to fix that in like you know I don't know Everglade Everest whatever the next version you can just you, you, you
1: think you, you actually think mac os is going to shift from california to florida
0: <laughs> i don't know is that
1: yeah, yeah uh, good that, name that, that,
2: i really do like the name be, Think of the background picture would be beautiful. everglade it'd be awesome yeah. Yeah.
1: oh everglade, the orlando release oh, it'd be oh. so
2: fantastic
1: yeah get some some florida some man in there alternate, yeah oh man that that's like an alternate crazy os land
0: yeah um, yeah I, huh. I like it florida all right man well West. well how about yourself brandon what do you have to recommend this week
2: Well, just to give my two cents on the monitor, I've actually stopped buying... The monitor resolution I like is just the QHD, the 1440. Like, I don't want anything higher than that because it doesn't... Because you can't really... I can't see anything, to your points, about, like, what you you have to, like, make the thing better. So so if you just say at 1440, I feel like you're good. That's a good sweet spot for me. And also, I don't have that good vision. So it's, like, it's all kind of lost on me, all this sharpness. So, you know...
1: Well, I... I yeah, the, the 1080p monitor, like I could pick out pixels, and I, I, I but I, you know, I, yeah. I do wear glasses. No, I agree. Listen, my, 1080p, like, one, 1440. One is, I'm just saying but,
2: QHD is the highest resolution that's usable, in my opinion. So you don't need a monitor that goes above that. Even the 5K just doubles but, the pixels, and then you're back to 1440 resolution.
1: That like 2160 or something, or. Yeah. Four, well, the
2: yeah, 5K. Yeah. Just... Well,
0: that's, probably
1: what I'm that's probably what I had to downgrade to. So yeah, the, so you the get back. You basically
2: end up taking the 2K or the 4K or the 5K, whatever, and then you basically back it down to 1440 because that's really the usable resolution for most people. So yeah,
1: that's probably where I am. So just yeah. save your
2: money. That's what I say. Save your money. Just buy but, cheaper but, monitors. <laughs> uh,
1: but it wasn't very expensive. W-
0: wasn't it? Wasn't it uh, Bill Gates who said no one will ever need more than 1440? <laughs> <laughs> yes. something
2: like that yes, he was talking um, about monitors. but just to quickly give my recommendation i think i was complaining last week maybe in the pre-show i was like i don't know i want more everyone to just use usb headsets when i'm on uh, calls with everyone i don't like mm. everyone yeah so i'm going to recommend so not just to complain but to offer a solution i like this uh jabra 40 usb headset i don't think i think they may have a new, a new version but like i like the wired version it works really well with microsoft teams if that's your your uh, world it also works well with zoom and all the other ones so i think it's really good nice mute button i can hear everyone uh matt ray uses uh i think he uses an older version of it so so spend a little money get yourself a nice jabra headset and everyone on your calls will be very thankful
1: i approve so two generations behind
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah i should look into that because i i do like a uh, uh a usb headset that that's nice Although everyone's always really impressed with the microphone that I have so I should I like impressing people I should keep that up Do you do people ever get impressed by that with you uh, Brandon do you, do you call in with the big mic
2: Honestly, I don't use that much because then the, you have to then explain why you sound a certain way or why the, oh, the microphone. Yeah. Then you have to have that longer conversation. So I tend not to use the the big mics wow. for the, day-to-day calls, right? the day to day calls.
0: That is that is when when I when I write some like uh, self help airport book, I'm gonna you're gonna fill in that sidebar for yeah, me. That's a left. good <laughs> that's a good metaphor. Is like plan your plan how people perceive you around if you want to explain why you're so awesome or not. Right. Chances are you don't. So just downgrade. Well, because it becomes downgrade.
2: like a three. It's a long conversation. Like, oh, that's really good. You sound great. How do you have it set up? And then they want to talk about that. Then like, why do you have that? And then that may open a podcast question. And it's like, then what's a podcast? Oh, I've heard of it. Then some people love podcasts. Some people have never heard of it. And then you are like, I was here to review the PowerPoint slides. That's what I am here to do today. Like, I am not here to talk about this other stuff. <laughs> but then so, they're like,
1: but Brandon, you are so well lit. Yeah,
2: <laughs> that's right. Well, I don't have. I actually don't have the ring light and stuff. But yeah, you don't want to. See, you oh. just have to decide where you. Although I am sure you are cool workers are familiar with uh, your town of daily so maybe the, maybe it makes all sense yeah no to to- yeah,
0: yeah. no with me it's easier because they're like oh of course you've got a good mic uh <laughs> that sounds arrogant or something anyways uh i have two recommendations because i forget if i recommended the first one did i talk about the uh, the the camo thing that you can use for your phone probably not I so i you know i know matt ray does this kind of stuff but over you know what you can do is there's this thing called camo c-a-m-o and you can, uh, you can hook it up to your iPhone, and then you install the software on your desktop and you can use it as a webcam. Now, what's particularly good about the Camo, because you can also use NDI to do things, but on the desktop, you have this thing called Camo Studio, which lets you just like do all the settings on your phone, right, like you can manually do your white balance and all that kind of stuff, you can set the resolution, go on whatever angles you want, and it's what I use. Now, it doesn't really work in Skype, uh, so that's why I have a, a shitty picture that no one can see. But if you go see the, the videos that I do, it's uh, it's on my iPhone. My other recommendation, I finished reading all of this finally, is uh, I think I might have recommended this book, uh, Short Life in a Strange Land. But the the author of that, he first wrote this series of, uh, I don't know, weird essays called Anatomy of Norbiton. And he uh, it's, Norbiton's like a suburb of London. And uh, he set on this quest. I think he walked away from some academic job and he wrote a uh, he kind of was writing about what what a what a failed life is like and uh, pursuing what that's about. And so it's a very like lackadaisical, lazy sort of uh, set of essays. And uh, there's a lot of references to Renaissance painting in there as well. But then also when he first quit his job he spent a month watching all the star trek tv shows so he mentions that sometimes as well and in one of the recent ones i read he goes off on a tangent about uh, the 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 award ceremony in the first uh, the chronolog the, the first star wars movie you know where Leia's is giving out uh, <laughs> awards and as he notes uh, everyone just in the audience just kind of stands still and uh, i you know doesn't really applaud very much and when these awards are given out or something like that. I think they do applaud now that I remember. But he had some odd commentary on what he was noticing about the audience there. So you should go check that out. I'll put it in the show notes. The show notes, which will be located at softwaredefinedtalk.com 265. An odd number, 265. Anyhow, with that, we'll see everyone next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.